I could never have imagined, even if I'd been told, what was coming, what lay ahead, was beyond imagination. I was simply doing things that were interesting and seemed beautiful to me. I was drawn to the music instinctively, but that that love for music would lead to a life as rich as I've been privileged to have and to end up at the University of North Carolina would never have been imaginable, certainly to me as a 12-year-old kid. That's the voice of Bill Ferris, the Joel R. Williamson Eminent Professor Emeritus of History at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And the voice that you heard singing before is one of the recordings Bill did of Something Beautiful. Welcome to Well Said, Carolina's official storytelling podcast. On this week's episode, we will discuss a compilation of Bill's recordings, a box set called Voices of Mississippi. His life's work is up for two Grammy Award nominations. The Grammy Award ceremony will be held on February 10th. Bill's life's work all began when he was just a boy in Mississippi. I grew up on a farm outside of Vicksburg, and our family were the only white family there. All the other families were black. And when I was about four or five, a lady named Mary Gordon would take me to her church every first Sunday, a little black church called Rose Hill Church. And I learned the hymns. I learned to appreciate the music and As I grew older, I realized that there were no hymnals, and when those families were no longer there, the music would disappear. So I began to record, and later, when I was 12 years old, I was given a camera as a Christmas present, and I began to photograph and later film the church services and That work expanded to working with blues singers and storytellers, and it really became the central thread of my life as a folklorist, which continues today. And I'm interested in the stories of people. I tell myself the African proverb that when an old woman or man dies, a library burns to the ground. And it's in that sense that I feel an urgency to record and document the lives of people whom I know. I think that the heart of the South are the people who live here, and I've been blessed to know many of those writers, artists, quilt makers, storytellers, and I've always interviewed and tape recorded, photographed, and filmed people when I was able to visit with them. There are more than 20 hours of songs, stories, and films in the box set, all featuring voices of people Bill was around while growing up. It's important to know who you are, and that to me implies the place you are shaped by, the sense of place that the writer Eudora Welty has written about defines each of us. And in my case, it was a farm in Mississippi and, by extension, the American South. And I've spent a lifetime trying to understand those worlds. And 
over the course of that lifetime, an entire new field known as Southern Studies has evolved that really began here at the University of North Carolina in the research of sociologists on our faculty, Howard Odom and others. Those were the foundations for studying the South that I've built on. He built on that foundation by documenting things that were interesting to him. Blues drew his interest right away. There's something about the blues that is truthful. It tells the truth about lost love and pain. And from the time I was very young, I felt that the music had a power that went beyond words. Verses like, I'm sitting here all alone in my one-room country shack. My woman has left me and won't be back. That captures the pain and loneliness of lost love, of poverty, of isolation. And no other music does it so well. So for me, it was an early discovery of a music that I've loved all my life and been privileged to know many of the great artists from B.B. King to prison inmates who sang the blues in unforgettably beautiful ways. Closely connected to the blues is gospel music. Gospel music is the heart of Southern music. And we can think of Aretha Franklin the Queen of Soul, who sadly died last year. Her father, Reverend C.L. Franklin, grew up in Clarksdale, Mississippi, the home of Sam Cooke, Ike Turner, Muddy Waters. And blues was a key part of the gospel sound that he and Aretha shaped in Detroit, Motown Records' home. But her roots are deep in those roots in Clarksdale, Mississippi, where her father lived. When we hear her music, soul music, it's a blending of gospel and church sound and blues and rhythm and blues. I once asked a blues singer who had become a gospel singer how he made that change, and he said, it's not hard at all. You just change my baby and make it my Lord, and the music is the same. And you can go either way, moving as Sam Cooke did and Aretha did from the sacred gospel to the secular soul music. Recording singers and storytellers became more than just a hobby for Bill. I tell my students, follow your heart and you will be happy and successful. So for many years, I was simply following my heart, and my parents and their friends thought I would never earn a living interviewing blues singers and storytellers. They couldn't connect that to a profession. But as a student at Davidson College in the early 60s, I stumbled on the Library of Congress recordings of John and Alan Lomax, And I listened to them. Some of them were from Mississippi and places that I'd been working. It was at that moment that I realized these were important people 
in a national institution who had done what I was trying to do and that there was a validation in that moment that kind of gave me uh, the courage and conviction to to continue doing what I was doing and what I loved so deeply. Bill's work has been recognized all over the world. Awards are nothing new to him, but Grammy nominations are. A Grammy nomination for me is unimaginable. I mean, these are people who are in the stratosphere. Quincy Jones, Taylor Swift, the galaxy of our recording stars. Thankfully, some of these Grammys are awarded to people who do work like mine, historic recordings, to be nominated by the Grammy Awards for two awards for this box set is an honor that I can never fully express my appreciation for. For me, it's a validation of a promise I gave to the voices featured in the box set. When I asked if I might interview them, they responded, if we tell you our stories, do you promise to put them out there, to tell it the way it was here in Mississippi? And my answer was, yes, you have my promise. Well, the recognition by the Grammy Awards of the box set is the consummate promise being kept that their voices now will be known and never, ever forgotten. I've had the privilege of meeting many people who are no longer with us, B.B. King, Alex Haley, Eudora Welty, Alice Walker, writers, artists, many who were never famous in any way are now famous because they're part of this box set. And what they had to say or sing was moving to the ears of the new generation of listeners. Recording these artists was a lifelong process for Bill. And compiling this box set was a lengthy one, too. Well, the project was initiated by a couple, Lance and April Ledbetter, who live in Atlanta, Georgia, and they created their company, Dust to Digital, that records and issues beautiful, artistically designed box sets, several of which have won Grammy Awards. And they approached me about my archive and their interest in doing a project on my work. And I said I would be honored to work with them. And it took 10 long years with several teams of researchers working through the tapes and photographs and films and working with a very gifted designer in San Francisco and a recording engineer. They mastered and remastered the tapes. And what we have here is a pearl of great price. They are beautifully Uh, produced recordings and films and a book that is gorgeously designed with many of my photographs and transcriptions of all of the recordings done with great care and accuracy, the music and the stories. The master tapes were digitized and put on CDs 
that the team of researchers then listened to and made selections from. The photographs were digitized and then were looked at and photographs were selected to illustrate the book and the box set. And the uh, films were remastered with a 4K technology so that they are broadcast quality. Looking at the box set is like traveling back in time for 40 or 50 years and seeing again my old friends that I knew along the way, hearing their voices, seeing them singing blues or making a quilt. It's like revisiting your life. For me, it's personally very moving, but it's equally moving to know that others are excited about the box set and being able to connect to what are really authentic, original voices from our culture in the American South. These songs really have a life of their own, and each generation will sing a song like Stagger Lee, and it will move through time and place, and whether it's listening to beach music inspired by Stagger Lee or to a blues recording of it in Clarksdale, Mississippi, you begin to see how rich the music is and how much it means to our lives, whether we are young or old, music is something that helps us get through life and that enriches us in ways that are beyond measure. Recording those songs that transcend time and maintaining those authentic voices that represent the American South are especially important to Bill. Preservation is really the centerpiece of documenting, especially voices which are very fragile. And if they're not recorded, sooner or later those voices disappear. As soon as we have a recording of a voice telling a story or singing a song, you have a time capsule that will be there for the rest of time. And given the technology and the ability to share, those voices can now be heard around the globe. With these technological advancements, Bill says anyone can be a documenter. They just need to get started. As I would advise someone wanting to learn to swim, put your toe in the water and begin. You learn to be a documentary person by doing documentary work, and you will make mistakes. Some of the recordings won't be clear, but you will learn very quickly, and you will be able to do amazing work that is broadcast quality 
on any person or subject that you choose to work with. I tell my students they have no excuse not to do what I did because with their iPhone, they can make far better recordings, photographs, and films than I could make with all the equipment I had to drag around in the trunk of a car in the 60s. Technology has transformed our ability to document. It's also transformed our ability to share those documents. All of my collection, over five tons of materials that I gave the UNC Southern Folklife Collection are now digitized. So you can listen to my field recordings, you can view my photographs, and you can watch my documentary films from anywhere in the world. Bill gave his items to the Southern Folklife Collection at Wilson Library years ago. Over five tons of photos, recordings, and other materials. I told my mother I'd given them that and that they were going to organize them. She said, my God, that would be like cleaning out the Aegean stables. UNC has the oldest and finest library school in the nation. And a team of young librarians that were nicknamed the Ferris Wheels for that work, four young women went through this massive amount of material and in about four or five months, organized it, created a website, and made it available online. That process has continued. I continue to give them boxes of letters and manuscripts and papers, new photographs and recordings, and they add those materials to the earlier work that they received uh, around 2002. So it's a work in progress, and it's in the hands of the very finest librarians of the world. The Voices of Mississippi Project and the donation to the Southern Folklife Collection give Bill the opportunity to reflect on his career. I could never have imagined, even if I'd been told, what was coming, what lay ahead, was beyond imagination. I was simply doing things that were interesting and seemed beautiful to me. I was drawn to the music instinctively, but that that love for music would lead to a life as rich as I've been privileged to have and to end up at the University of North Carolina would never have been imaginable, certainly to me as a 12-year-old kid. Well, my baby loves to book it, I love to book it too. I hear you fine. Well, my baby loves to book it, I love to book it too. I'm on booking this time and I ain't gonna book it no. Well, all right. All the songs you heard on this episode today are from the Voices of Mississippi box set. You can find the box set on www.dust-digital.com. And to check out the five tons of materials Bill donated to the Southern Folklife Collection, go to unc.live slash Ferris. Thank you for listening to this episode of Well Said. See you next week.